All right, guys, before we begin, I just want to let you guys know that we had to distance ourselves again for this episode. So this one is done on Skype. So just forgive us for any of the quality. Hopefully you like the content and enjoy. The goal of the Salumas podcast is simple. Take a candid, objective, and often comedic approach to the human condition. In keeping with this, the use of expletives, crude humor, and references to harsh realities are a commonplace. If you find any of this to be offensive, please, please, please throw your listening device in the trash. If not, enjoy the show. some good shit that I want to be able to talk about today. For starters, I've been dying to talk about the shit show that was the debate last week. I mean, my God, what an embarrassment, you know? Like, I don't care what, what, where you fall politically, that was terrible. It was just terrible. Well, I, and that's the funny thing is that, like, where I fall politically, it, it wasn't to me. Really? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't terrible to me. It was it was far better and more entertaining and more rich with with emotion, even if the content was lacking completely and it was super duper an indictment of the fact that we've got two imbecilic motherfuckers running for office that are our best options that we fucking have in front of us. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that fact, dog, like them showing up and the fact that they, it got reduced to a more basal level mm-hmm. to me, to me was, was dope because mm-hmm. everything, a lot of times when I think about debates, especially at the national level, I think about things being very formulaic and calculated and, um, and devoid of pathos, like that's one of the number one things that you kind of avoid mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. Uh, is getting into some kind of pathological debate where your where your emotions are obviously being manipulated. But at the same time, like that that's part of the strategy, along with you know skirting accountability whenever asked specific questions. And I'll say the more embarrassing elements of this is. And, and again, in my opinion, where the little, the little plateaus or little glimmers whereby is it Chris Wallace that was the moderator? Yeah. Would have some modicum of control over asking questions. And he would ask a very specific question to either candidate. Mm-hmm. And instead of them answering the actual fucking question, they would sit up there and grandstand about whatever it is their shit was. Uh, Trump was very much Trump, you know, to be expected as far as he's concerned. And then Joe Biden would ignore a legitimate motherfucking question about him and his, his ethics and his past and stuff and look at the camera like he's addressing each one of us at home and be like, you got to go out and vote. What you got to do is you got to go out and vote and you got to do this. 
And those were the moments to me that I felt like, you know, as somebody that's dissecting it, um, those were the trash moments. But given the the dumpster fire that we were handed, the fact that we had these two guys, it would have been far worse to me, far, far worse. And I I would feel worse about the the debate if they had gotten up there and been civil with each other, because I could not fathom it, it, it. I, we were long past the point of civility between these two candidates. Yeah. So that that would have come off as artificial and formulaic. And it, it just the fact that it they're not. And again, they could be hoodwinking and bamboozling us, but it just didn't come off so scripted. It came off as human. It came off as like somewhat genuine. Albeit through a different mechanism. Yes, I'll agree with that part. Like the their humanity or lack thereof really showed in this part here. Trump showed as just an extremely low EQ person. Um, and I say low EQ because what, there was there were some telling things there. So one thing that that he said out there that uh, that struck a chord was he said, "My family lost millions when we came down to help this country." Essentially, you know. Like we fucking needed it. Then there was this part where they were talking about the amount of deaths that that happened. You know, they're saying 200,000. And, and Trump was like, well, you would have lost more as if this is fucking like command and conquer. You know what I'm yeah, saying? He like, said millions. He implied he said that it would be millions. Yeah. I was like, bro, are you, <laughs> is this is this where we are? You know, and then, you know, talking about obviously talking about the uh, his son and all this other stuff, he just. The dude just, he is a, and, and the other thing he asked was, he's like, you've been in, you know, uh, you've been in politics for 47 years. What have you changed? That's the type of shit that people who don't understand politics, that's, that's a question that people who don't understand it ask. Like people who do have no clue about it. Like you think or, one person's going to go or, in there. Or, uh, or that's the question that, that somebody who's, voting demographic and base doesn't understand they how don't the understand. Process. yeah, yeah like think, you think if, one dude can go in there was this is he fucking napoleon bonaparte you can't just come just, in there and just take shit over that's not how it works well that's the thing is that like we can we can look at trump and demonize trump or whatever all we want to but really you know and this is kind of cliche and been this old hat been said a million times but he's he's very much of an indictment of us allowing things of to get course. get to this point you know yeah and and when he rattles off the shit that he fucking rattles off like i i i think it's lunacy for his critics to discount and again he's not the smartest man i'm I'm I'd put everything I own on the fact that I could beat him in trivial pursuit hand. Oh yeah. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> he's he's not the most learned individual on the fucking planet. But within his realm, the realm that he's created and fostered, um I believe that he knows I believes ass. He knows infinitely more than he lets on. And sure. again his his voting block like to say to to look at Donald Trump and know Donald Trump through like the same lens that he's trying to look at uh, Joe Biden through. If you looked at Trump through that same lens and looked at his history, you would look at an individual that's you know pro-choice, uh, pro choice, uh, pro 
legalization of, you know, marijuana at the very least. I mean, actually a pretty progressive individual in a lot of fucking aspects Mm -hmm. prior to becoming the Republican nominee. And then he's fallen in lockstep, at least when it comes to arbitrary, like his his uh, articulating what his policy is on things. But it, it very much shows, you know. I think when he pokes at Joe Biden and he says shit like millions would have died if if you had been elected, he knows that's not true. Yeah. But he also knows that his his voting block doesn't care that that's not true. Yeah. And that's a real shame. And look, I'm going to say this now and I'm probably going to say it multiple times in this episode. I I believe that people I'll go 100 percent and say we need to be voting for Biden so everyone can finally be unified on shitting on the president. Like, yeah, can you imagine angle. an America where we all collectively fucking hate the president and we could all be like, you're going to work for us now. That's how it should be. Like, that's one thousand percent the way it should be. Well, like, it, it just blows it, my it, mind. And you're right. But the 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 problem is, is counting on the people who aren't capable of being critical of their own candidate to objectively be critical of um, another president or another candidate, because it's gone past the point of fucking reason. It's a team sport at this point. So hypothetically, even if Biden wins by a blowout, Mm -hmm. are they going to objectively assess it? Or are we going to see a continuation of, you know, this ongoing campaign of misinformation that's just it's really made up the the face of american politics since for the past three and a half years now i guess mm-hmm. so yeah. i i'm with you and and this is a far leftist and a libertarian unified behind the, the strategic notion. This yes. isn't an ideological notion. No, not at all. That's just thrown out the window right now. Right. So we're not having ideological debates and people that are still having ideological debates, I think are, are kind of missing the forest for the trees. Yes. The, the acknowledgement to me is always centered around solidarity and accountability when it comes to the working class and and again scrutinizing somebody who's supposed to work for us so i think we're giving the the cult i think we're giving the cult and even not just the cult people that support i don't really like what trump does but i like his policies I think it still leaves the door open for if we have a changing of the guard, them to be like, you know, fuck Biden. It, it, you, you know, if, if we still had Trump around, it's going to default to that. He's going to be mm-hmm. the frame of reference instead of them being like, OK, we're here. We're at class. We're taking notes. We're on board. We're going to listen to your information as well, because you and I say we're being objectively critical of this status quo candidate mm-hmm. that that may it, it it's not going to conflict with these any kind of pre-existing view that is already held right now as far as criticisms are concerned f- from the trump camp it's just not so 
us leading by example, best case scenario, is that going to get lost? Yeah, I do wonder if it would get lost. Because, again, I have a feeling that it's already gotten to, and this is something that I was thinking about the other day, that tribalism is in our fucking DNA. Like, we're oh, so, we're not, we're, we're not removed from the jungle by much at all. Like, we just aren't. Technology would, would lead us to believe that we're further out of the jungle than we truly fucking are. So, yeah. biologically, we're programmed to be some clannish, tribalistic motherfuckers. And, mm-hmm. and whatever formula that's been put in place to kind of augment, I guess you would say that yeah. propensity that we have, we have to find a way to navigate around the tribalism and clannish nature of it because it gets painted nonstop as us versus them. So I can't see a Biden presidency and not see a further solidification of us versus them. It's just in terms of, okay, now we are the ones that are now, now we're persecuted. All of a yeah. sudden it gets flipped around and like, this man is a danger to the, the very thing that the liberals, and I'm not talking about genuine leftists that are like, ah, they both are two sides of the same coin, but, but liberals in general are discounting the fact that dude, moving forward, even if we get a Biden presidency in we're we're going to deal with the same kind of fucking bullshit that we've been dealing with this entire time with Trump in my opinion. I don't I don't see any kind of positive change coming as a result of it. I and I hate to be so fucking cynical, but we're all almost at like the bottom falling out of the shit type of situation before there's any kind of reconstruction in meaningful capacity. Yeah, there is going to be a a, a bit of a, a falling out, like especially if he does lose, um, it's going to be the the amount of recovery um, and and yes, reconstruction that it's going to take will likely be half of his presidency, man. Like I've I've never in my life seen people get this crazy about one person. I've never seen it before. Like seeing people with flags everywhere with like, it is just insane seeing all this shit happen. And if he loses and people are going to have to put their flags up and, you know, put their memorabilia away, it's going to be nuts because these people, this is their identity for a lot of people. That's how they, that's become their living. You know, they go through and they set up shop at these places and make all this money and, and everything to sell Trump flags and Trump signs and all this other shit. Like, and they they would do that stuff even when there's no election coming up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it, it has literally created its own market. And if if he loses, I am going to be very very shocked to see what happens. And I think you might have posted that video of that stupid ass redneck talking about oh we're going to war and all that kind of shit. Like that's the other stuff that I also worry about too. Um, but it, it's it's just going to be so interesting seeing how America changes and how America adapts. And dude, I would love to see just like I said before. This is this makes the second time I say it. I would love to see a unified America shitting on the president. It would be so good 
because we would actually listen to each other. And and the, on the surface, it would look like our common enemy is the president. But it's it's not so much about that. The common enemy is getting into a mindset or the, the yeah, the common enemy is the mindset that you borderline worship a political figure and people will be like, I don't ever want to be in that kind of mindset again, because after this point, it means that Trump can't run anymore, you know, or at least I don't think he could. Well, he would have to win a second term, but either way, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would love to see everyone just unified on this, man. It would be so, so, so good. And who knows? It may not lead to any sort of change or anything like that. Um, but I am going to say that this coming debate, that's, you know, the, the VP, the vice presidential candidate debate, that is going to be pretty interesting because I think that both candidates in terms of presidencies are, are just terrible mind. Like I think both of their minds are failing and, uh, these two are, it's never been more real in my opinion to be like, what would happen if one of the, you know, if the main guy, you know, the president wasn't there and you have to really look to these people. I have a feeling that Kamala Harris is going to whoop his ass. It's going to whoop Pence's ass all over the place. I, I keep forgetting that he even exists. So yeah, exactly. And, and Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris yeah. is a fucking prosecuting attorney like she's yeah. a bad motherfucker up there on the microphone and yeah. mike pence is nothing compared to her when it, yeah. as far as being a speaker is concerned yeah but uh, and, and that's where i think it's going to get pretty it might be somewhat embarrassing i i, I feel like he's going to get embarrassed but well, uh, we'll just see well and and i'll be real with you like where we were at with biden and the people who were voting for Biden. And let me tell you, after having discussions with people who were moderate, um, moderate, you know, mm-hmm. genuinely kind of middle of the road cats, even like right of center cats, a lot of them are voting for fucking Biden, which makes sense because actually his political orientation coincides a whole lot more with them than you know, mm-hmm. than myself, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're 100% voting for fucking, um, for Biden. And, you know, and I've, I've had not you, but I've had two other hardcore gun toting, like overthrow the government ass libertarian friends, both separately come to me and be like, look, I hate to admit this to you. I'll call you a fucking liar if you tell anybody I said this, but if Bernie was still running, I'd vote for him. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that the realization um, of, you know, that Trump is a huge disappointment. Yeah. A lot of the things, because, dude, I, I gave him a fucking chance. If I gave him a motherfucking chance, I know there's plenty of other people that are kind of in this in a similar boat to me ones that weren't like lamenting his existence when he won i'm like okay well let's see how this plays out because hillary sucked too um but i think something that's potentially problematic is the notion i'm gonna i'm gonna have to beat some puppies up if they keep wrestling (laughs) okay you're good you're good um is the notion that somehow 
this culty fucking behavior. Get in your house. I'm going to beat you up. Get in your house. Sorry. No. Children acting up. Go. Oh, they can see me. Yeah, they're partying too hard. Go get in your house now. But again, I see, I'm voting in, in the same terms that you, you are is the idea of let's put somebody in office who we can scrutinize, who we can hold accountable for something, who isn't able to just say and do whatever the fuck they want to and get away with it. But I think that only works on the, on the pre-existing demographic that's already willing to do that because I don't think that a changing of the guard is going to elicit all of a sudden people to be reasonable. I think that they, they will maintain the same culty kind of shit and I wouldn't be surprised, even if we avoid some kind of cataclysmic type of uh, bullshit when, with regard to changing of a presidency, if that were to occur. Yeah. Um, Let just, me add this really quick. You know, when when you were talking about like the, the whole cultiness of it and stuff, you know, it was it was the very same people who bought who are, you know, in the cult, if you will, um, who had. The views on COVID because uh, because Trump was uh, kind of shitting on it, you know. He kind of downplayed it, you know. He he made fun of uh, Biden with his with the size of his mask, you know. He kind of carried on like it wasn't that big of a deal, and you know, lots of people got sick, and then he eventually got it, and now even he's downplaying it. That part actually scares me. Okay, that is because there was this, you know, when people who would get it. What they would normally do is be like, oh, shit, they freak out. They would go home and they'd be, you know, they'd quarantine, sit inside and not do anything. But I feel like the, him downplaying it and be, being like, I feel fine. is going to make other people be like, well, if he feels fine, I feel fine. I'm going to go out and do whatever and be, you know what I mean? And I think yeah. that, that is going to spur even more bad behaviors and even more spread of the virus. Oh, I agree 100 percent. Like him tweeting that like, oh, you know, I've. Haven't his tweets are up like years. a motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. Like you're a motherfucking lie. Like, dude, like, let's and, and be then, real. And then there's people that are all like, you know, these same people wanted, you know, they wanted to make death comments and death threats about Obama. They wanted to make, and you saw the article where it had the, you know, they call it the squad or the, whatever it is, where it has a, uh, AOC. It has the, the, the Islamic lady from, um, Minnesota, I think. Iman. Uh, yeah. But those four women, you know, people made death tweets, death, all this other shit. And, and now everyone wants everyone to be sensitive to Trump about making posts about him. Dude, suck my fucking dick. OK, oh, like, yeah. I cannot believe the, the amount of hypocrisy that is out there. Either we want everyone to die or we don't want anyone to die. Call Look. it like it's got to be one way or the other. Yeah, like and, and again, that that's where we're at. And that's that's the problem I foresee. Again, I'm. I'm voting and not really optimistically, I'm voting what I feel to be the most responsible option that I'm presented with. Yeah. And that's to get the fucking this this ape that spews hatred and stirs people up out of our highest elected position. That's that's fucking purely it. Yeah. On the other side of that, it doesn't change the fact that the people that he's emboldened and gotten behind a certain way of 
thinking and dismissiveness regarding academia and science, Mm -hmm. that those people still exist. And a sociological phenomenon isn't too far away from that, whereby when groups feel persecuted or they feel as though they um, that their belief system is being um, put under fire, so to speak, mm-hmm. it tends to have the impact of intensifying in-group belief and behavior as opposed to them being like, well, hey, wait a minute. Now Biden's president. All the Democrats think he sucks, too. Uh, maybe the Democrats were reasonable all along. Like, that's what we're hoping for is that they'll be like, well, damn, these people are able to do it. But what I think is going to happen is you're going to end up with, I told you so dumbass linear thinking motherfuckers that are like, see, I fucking told you you should, this wouldn't be happening under Trump. If Trump had got reelected and this wouldn't be fucking happening. And then the entire argument again is still going to be Trump. It's still going to be the cult, the cult's ideology versus conventional fucking wisdom, academia, science, common sense. And, and to be honest with you, you know, and we, we're kind of at this point beating a dead horse on that, but, um, to be honest with you, as far as a, uh, a transition is concerned. What What are your thoughts? Because we we have we had the president president of the United States refuse to straight up just denounce white supremacists, and he was like, "Well, who specifically do you want me to denounce?" Blah blah blah. And then he said, "Proud Boys, stand down and stand by," like yeah, that kind that. of shit. Okay, here's here's what I think on that. Um, I think that first of all, I think that it's it's sad that we need a president to tell us that some shit is bad. We all know that it's bad, you know. Like I don't know why people are so shocked that he that he didn't say anything. He's been telling everyone. He's been showing exactly who he is this entire four years. Why would he be any different now? Why would he be any different now? He wouldn't. And so we all know that these proud boys or whatever they are, they all need to be rounded up and they all need to be killed. I'll say it on the air. They all need to be rounded up and they all need to be killed. Now, the yeah, no, no, I'm not going to be nice about this shit anymore. So the the fact that everyone is so shocked about about him not not denouncing them it's i'm just like the fuck did you think like people like them are a fucking cancer to this society they are a cancer and so um i don't think that they're going to do anything here's what i think is going to happen okay like yes i do part of me is worried that there's going to be the dumbass way next i'm going to go out and go on sprees and start doing wild shit but there's this other part of me that's going to see a bunch of people that's like well where's my purpose now you know what I mean? It's like, well, my fearless daddy leader is gone. What do I do? And they're just going to go back to being irrelevant. You know, there are these yeah. boys that, you know, they they were a bunch of betas growing up. They never got anything like they got made fun of. And this person right here was their whatever their leader. 
And then when they realize that, no, actually not everyone likes him, you're going to deal with for a little bit some people without an identity that might act a little bit chaotic. But afterwards, it's going to settle down. And I think they're going to settle down a lot quicker than than I think. The one thing that I am worried about is that um, like the the disenfranchised communities or minority communities and all these people that really came to power who, who or, or that really um, came to prominence in the face of some kind of conflict like a president. I think that if if they get the president that they want, they too will also just go back to being normal. Because, you know, I think of whenever yeah. Rock became president, everyone was so jacked and so amped and stuff like that when it first started. But then the then the whatever you want to call it wore off, you know, and then everyone just went back to not really giving a fuck. And, and, and I think two years really later, something. Yeah. And two years later, the Democrats lost the House and Senate. So I think if people get complacent again, we're going to just repeat this cycle. Now, I do believe that there are there's a bigger uh, group of um, young and and very, if you want to call it in touch uh, Democrats that are that are that are like sort of coming up and there are Republicans. And so I think that if Trump loses, I think you're going to have a pretty long streak of Democratic presidents presidents that'll that'll come through. Now, nothing is going to really happen if McConnell is still there. I would rather have a Trump presidency and McConnell not be there. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, because people don't realize how much power that fucking dude has, you know, and I would love to see him gone in my fucking lifetime. I'm, I'm pretty convinced he's going to outlive me. Man. <laughs> and, and think about how close we came to having Booker go up against him. Oh, too. dude. Yeah. Tragically the, close. Yes. Tragically close. Um, so, it's it is going to be a a bit of an adjustment, but uh, it's one that I that I highly look forward to if if it happens. Either way, there's going to be some there's going to be a little bit of kickback, a little bit of resistance, but I don't think it's going to be like we're going to war like some of those fucking betas are trying. Yeah, to talk. It's and not and like that. and that and that's that's my my opinion. I think um and again I could be wrong, and I don't want to discount it. And um uh, I prepare myself, and I'm continue to work on preparing myself for whatever may transpire as far as these wild fucking ignorant motherfuckers that are that are tongue in cheek or just straight up threatening violence if Trump doesn't get reelected. Yeah, I'm not going to be like a lot of the people that are, you know, that'll be going crazy. You know, you know how they were going crazy, rubbing it into a lot of, you know, Mike liberals crying. And I'm literally just going to be like, well, glad that shit is over. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, (laughs) that's going to be it for me. But but that's the thing is, it's like when Obama was fucking president Mm -hmm. and 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 what's funny is that there there is some truth to when they say the division really started under Obama. You goddamn right. It did. It did. (laughs) Exactly. We, We ended up with an incredibly and this is motherfucker. I am left wing. I'm contextually socialistic left-wing motherfucker given the current landscape that's what i am and i'm in a position to be and and i think you know i've aside from his swagger and his celebrity appeal i have shit on barack obama every goddamn chance that i could get however i watched under his presidency 
as uh, not lauding him, not mm-hmm. acting like, oh, this is my president. He's great. He's doing amazing things. Actually looking at him as being like, well, damn, you're a lot more suave and accomplished in a lot of ways than W, but yeah. you're still out here fucking wiping, you know, innocent people off the map with drone strikes and oh, shit yeah. like that. So there, there was no cult. There was, there was not, there was no ability to, to meaningfully create this false dichotomy that they're still presenting today, that there is, that there are two sides to it. When in yeah. reality, no, there's still this, this core culty group of individuals that under Obama were fragmented. Mm-hmm. The Obama administration stirred up folks and got them to be a little bit open about their their beliefs and the fact that they can be misled and misinformed to the point of having no Obama stickers on their cars oh, yeah. and hanging fucking effigies of him and all kinds of shit like that. Drawing cartoons, portraying both him and Michelle as like apes and shit yeah. like that. That was fucking common man Mm -hmm. and then we get then we get trump in office and you've got them him saying no president has ever been treated more poorly in in american history than me dog yes they are right the division started under barack obama but it wasn't because of barack obama's policies it was because a certain faction of individuals who are anti they're anti-elitist but they're also throwing in they're only anti-elitist in theory, and they also lump in experts and academics into that same category. Mm-hmm. Anybody. It, it's like it's fucking cool to just be, nope, I, I just think linear. I just like things simple. Just tell me what to believe, and I'm going to believe it, whether I'm faced with the information to the contrary or not. Yeah. But I, I have a really difficult time believing that those folks – who again they didn't shift clue they didn't it's not like it's a different demographic that were super super anti-obama are 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 different individuals that are super pro-trump it's the same fucking group of people and they're not goddamn going away uh Mm -hmm. i think you're right i think a lot of the the chest puffing and blustering about what will happen if we have uh, a, a Biden presidency and Trump has alluded that he won't hand over power like, you know, uh, every other fucking president in U.S. history has. Yeah. Um, but on another point, I will say as a, again, a far leftist, far fucking leftist, a guy that you've probably saw uh, post a while back fact that I wouldn't go and vote for Joe Biden. Like I just I'm like, man, fuck this. Like they're the yeah. same thing. Like I was so jaded. Well oh, yeah. I was so fucking jaded. Uh that I was like, you know what? They're two sides of the same coin. We you know the thing's gonna fall apart eventually. We might as well uh, you know Trump let it fall apart, Biden let it fall apart, whatever. But Trump's rhetoric Yes. And the way that he carries on and emboldens That's the problem. And, and his foreign policy, how he interacts with other nations and stuff, that has become so problematic to the point where I made the decision to be like, no, I'm definitely voting lesser of two evils. Yep. Furthermore, 
we we talked to take it back to the fucking debate and what a shit show it was. Mm-hmm. If I, and I know I can't be the only one. I cannot be the only one. When I watched that fucking debate between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, it made me feel better about voting for Joe Biden. And oh, most, yeah. and and most political analysts, most you know, aside from people that are super pointed in their political uh what they're supposed to put out there, most political analysts have said you know that they do say no you know the nobody won this debate and the only, and the american people lost well to be quite honest with you in in my opinion i think trump did a lot of damage to himself and showed himself to be petulant immature hot-headed just catty easily yeah. manipulated into saying what the fuck ever and honest to god by comparison Joe Biden was relatively cool headed. And the fact that he did tell he he told him he was the worst president in history. He told him he said, Will you shut up, man? And he called him a clown. And I will tell you all of those things. All of those things. And and the fact, and it it was corny, and I knew what he was doing. Um, it's it's a classic fucking maneuver for advertising or whatever. He turned to the camera and addressed the people. That we're listening. Joe Biden is ab- absolutely did infinitely better in that debate yeah. than I ever thought that he would. And yeah. and to be quite honest with you, um, you know, they they're showing polling and he's polling better against Trump than Hillary was at the same time. Sure. In the election. Yeah. And I think and following that uh, following that fucking debate. I think it's only going to get more so. And now we're facing a very real potentiality. Whereas if you had told me two months ago that Joe Biden had a real chance of beating Trump, I'd be like, ah, it's probably going to be Trump. But now I'm looking at this shit and I'm like, no, a lot of people are going to begrudgingly fucking leave and vote more than voted for fucking Hillary. I'm pretty goddamn sure people and and there aren't new Trump supporters, I don't think. I don't think we've grown new Trump. Oh, supporters. I don't I don't think of his base. I think we've lost some. I think we've lost Trump supporters. Yeah. And we've gained people that are begrudgingly going to vote for an establishment candidate. Yeah. And you know, you have never have, have I seen this before where Texas is a swing state now. Is is being considered oh, a swing I know. state. I know you're fucking up if Texas is potentially a swing state. Oh, I know. And, and, and again, that very much underscores like, and Arizona, dude, it tickles the shit (laughs) out of me. It tickles the absolute shit out of me. When I I hear any kind of mention about he, he attempted, (laughs) God, it was, it was the biggest amount of dumbassery. And, and this is why he's losing followers the his, his base continues to be the willfully ignorant and the the straight up ignorant that is beyond their fucking control but him painting biden as a socialist mm-hmm. when biden is a fucking rabid capitalistic motherfucker and always goddamn has been mm-hmm. i mean he's he's a centrist fucking democrat yep um to paint him as a socialist 
for people that actually know what socialism is, which more and more, regardless of political orientation, do understand, you know, okay, we can call Bernie a socialist, even though he's a democratic socialist. Fine, we'll call him a socialist. So people get a grasp on that. And to be quite honest with you, Bernie wasn't demonized this last election. Mm -hmm. Trump supporters didn't demonize uh, Bernie. They were like, well, I think he's a a lot of them are like, well, I think he's a decent guy and he believes what he believes, but I think he'd fuck up the country. Yeah. But whenever you're looking at things in terms of of labeling Mm -hmm. and you have the leader of the fucking free world standing on stage looking or not looking, not never looking at us, but addressing the American people and telling us something that we're like, come on, man, you can do better than that. Like we yeah. know for a fact, everybody sitting here knows for a fact, Joe Biden is not no goddamn socialist. Like I wish yeah. he was. Yeah. I wish people he, wish he I, was. He is not. Dude, I want to vote and, for and the Joe part Biden. Of me thinks he's trying to even appeal to that. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, I, I, I want to vote. I want to vote for the Joe Biden that uh, that Trump is painting him to motherfucking be, but that's not who the fuck he is. Yeah, and it's the same thing at at the state level as well with McGrath and McConnell. Is Amy McGrath is a pro-Trump Democrat? Mm-hmm. It does not get any more like Trojan horse right of center bullshit Democrat than that. Yeah. Okay. And you've got attack ads saying Amy McGrath, too liberal for Kentucky. Like, get out of here. Bitch, yeah, that bitch is not. She she is absolutely not at all. Like, I'm going to vote. I, I'm not voting for her, and I don't support her. I just really want Mitch McConnell fucking gone. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've often thought about, and I'll kind of get a little conspiratorial. I've often thought about the notion of Amy McGrath being an ingenious changing of the guard like oh, yeah. it, like McConnell it, it it realistically is about time for McConnell to part ways mm-hmm. um and retire so who yep. better who better to s- step in and trojan horse our asses as a state cuz that's really what we're looking at yep. than somebody who holds essentially a lot of the same social views and fiscal views but is labeled as a Democrat and is a woman and is a veteran dog. You get her in there pushing the exact same policies as Mitch McConnell. Mm -hmm. And it would be Teflon Jones about it. Yep. I can see that. I can certainly see that. Yeah. I've, I've thought about it. And again, I, I I could be fucking wrong, but I don't think I fucking am. I I think that I think this is a calculated thing. I think she was, she was manufactured as his replacement potentially. And and who knows? Again, he could get reelected. Um there's a strong possibility either way. There's a lot of people that are mobilized that we're gonna vote for Booker that are like, Well, Mitch McConnell is the same kind of perceivable threat as Donald Trump, so yeah. let's vote. And then you've got a ton of people that couldn't vote over the pat the at the past election that are definitely gonna vote. Or oh, yeah. or they should. Yeah, they, they goddamn ought to. But, you know, a lot of people it it blows my mind, Kalu, the number of people that are so fucking outspoken on Facebook about shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Just super duper outspoken and act like they're 
they've got their finger on the fucking pulse. And then whenever it comes down to it and I talk to them, they're like, oh, well, I, you know, I didn't vote this year. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, like, we, we, I already knew what was going to happen. I, I wasn't going to vote. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's K- all K- just K- a sham. It's so stupid. Kentucky's going to go red anyway. It doesn't matter. Oh, God. Shut up. Can't stand these fucking people. This, what, this is what, like, oh, man, I, sometimes I just... I really think like I just I need to get out of a red I need to live in a blue state for a while just to see if it's is it really this bad because I can shit on it everyone. is like, you know like is it this bad but just in a blue state you know what I mean no no like dog I you know I've spent significant amounts of time in blue states and I'm here to fucking tell you they function entirely got a lot of them function entirely different and the there's a reason why the right wing establishment wants to harp on the notion of uh, cities with democratic governors being hubs of like civil unrest. Well, yeah, because that's where people are comfortable fucking existing. Yeah. That's where people are aware. Like people have come together and they're aware. Why, why would there be some kind there ain't going to be no goddamn uprising in some honky ass run city, Dallas, yeah. Texas, you know good and goddamn well that's not a, a good grounds by like yeah. the population. And I don't there, think Dallas it, Dallas is a blue city, I believe. It like is. those large metropolitan areas are are very, very blue. It is, but Dallas doesn't get thrown in the mix when you're talking about like uh these these Democrat run cities that are examples of civil unrest and shit. Oh yeah. Okay. And and I will say, yeah, that Dallas, most metropolitan areas are going to lean blue. Yes. But they are inherently different. It's a chicken or the egg type thing. It's not because of the Democratic leadership or the left-leaning leadership of those areas that facilitates that crime. It's that those areas are occupied by individuals who are historically marginalized Mm -hmm. they are more accepted there however the presence of the status quo is still an 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 ongoing fucking issue regardless of if it's a blue state city whatever it may be Mm -hmm. so of course where else and i and this isn't even a rhetorical question like genuinely i would like to know where else in the united states the revolution would fucking start yeah where, i don't know where where else would we be seeing significant amounts of of social unrest these are the canaries in the coal mine you yeah. know when when you shine lights on social issues just because it's a democrat led city does not mean that the social policies that are associated with it are the reason why it's in the condition that it's in. Uh-huh. It mean it means that that we have officials that are elected that are reflective of or should be reflective of the needs of that population. However, there are interceding variables. And those interceding variables are oftentimes out of the control of governors, mayors, and, yep. and, and, you know, and again, they play the fucking game just like anybody else. But, you know, I digress. I, I really, the, the more fascinating element to all of this to me is how quickly I have shifted from being like, oh, Trump's getting reelected to, 
God damn. Yeah. Biden, Biden, Biden has a shot. This. Yeah. I, I, and, and I do have a feeling that he will win, but I also have a feeling that I'm going to be okay if he doesn't. <laughs> You know, I, I, I showed that, you know, I, I feel like my my life has gotten exponentially better, but it had nothing to do with who was president. You know, just and that's one thing that I want people to know. I could be speaking from privilege. I know I'm speaking from privilege because I think that the you know, you, you get to a certain point and like it even gets, you know, people who are doing way, way, way better than me. I think this shit matters less and less and less to them, you know. Uh, and I see, and I don't think I'm doing that great. I just think that I was born really resourceful and I was kind of born to not count on, uh, politicians. And that's kind of what I was talking about. Do you see what I mean? Like you just learn certain things and, and, but I, there are people that do heavily need the, the help of, of government or just, um, different types of policies in place, or they just need to have someone that they feel like they can follow. Like I, well, I'm just not one of those people. Religion, man. I mean, it. That, oh yeah. It's it's human fucking nature, and yeah. and and talk about following. You you have you have this phenomena where people people the human psyche has a real hard time reconciling the notion that there isn't another party, uh, some omniscient you know, third party that is watching over us as a parent would or somebody of that fucking nature. Like we have a really hard time with that in general. Mm -hmm. So we want, we want to feel that connection and we want to feel that structure in place because it's holding on to the edge of the pool. It gives us something tangible as a frame of reference. So we don't feel so like, Things don't feel so nihilistic about things. So mm-hmm. we we have that attachment, and then we also have the attachment of wanting to, to belong, the, oh, yeah. the belongingness. And again, going back to the hierarchy of needs and how belongingness and esteem are right below self-actualization, and that's the meat and potatoes of our society is keeping people – ping pong in between wanting to feel like they belong and bolstering their esteem. And that in group belongingness is often linked to esteem. Like the more you belong or the better you are in relation to the group, the more esteem you have. And then the more esteem that you are granted and the more you are lauded as a result of your behavior, which is reflective of the values of the in group. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So you simultaneously, you've got this, okay, I need a leader. I need somebody to direct me and I need to feel like I belong. And that's a human fucking thing. And, and we're not going to be able to, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to get to the people who need to hear this the most, but you're you're functioning off of lower brain type stuff if you're doing that you're yep. not you're not being your most complete higher thinking fucking self if you're operating in terms of okay i have this dogmatic attachment to and again you know religious people I, I, there are plenty that i have a lot of love for but yeah um if if you're rigidly dogmatic i'll say that rigidly dogmatic about your adherence to or loyalty to your sky daddy 
and some in-group, out-group type behavior, how in the fuck can I count on you to be reflective and objective? How can I? Yeah. So, yeah. So we, again, here in the United States, a culture of reciprocity between feelings of belongingness and feelings of esteem and goddamn, some people have sure figured out a way to bolster that, that, Hey, I speak for you. You've got a place here. Yep. You know, the America that you and and make America great again. You know what? That That's some old shit. That's, oh, yeah. that's some old ass shit. Like, hey, let's go back to the good old days. Things didn't used to be like that. And, and even, when I went back when I could beat my wife and no one said shit. Hey, that was time. That was the times, boy. You know, and. and you're when I can right. call a darky a damn monkey and out, out in the store and everyone, <laughs> everyone just laughed about it. You know, we didn't get all I mean, the Everybody's so sensitive nowadays. They're but, so goddamn sensitive. But I tell you, even beyond the overt subjugative elements that are associated with it, there's a lot of nostalgia that's associated as well. And and what they're what people are really nostalgic about. Is, is that is not knowing as much is not knowing as much. And also it's a throwback to a time, ironically enough, where our social system was put in place to facilitate the growth of a middle class. Mm-hmm. And, and it put checks and balances in place as far as corporate entities and how much power employers had over individuals a minimum wage was established. Yep. A lot of the, the times that, that, that these rabid, ignorant motherfuckers are, are wanting to make America great and go back to, really the reason why those times were so great, and they were great for white dudes. Let's oh, not yeah. get it, let's not let's get not it get fucking it twisted. twisted. Yeah. But the reason why they were so great is because that it was the living manifestation of the American dream right then for white dudes. And, and we can take the white dude thing out of the equation. We can take white privilege out of the fucking equation because I think that's beating a dead horse at this point. Mm -hmm. And you know what? People can criticize me all they motherfucking want, but words and rhetoric and phrasing fucking matter. And everybody that's going to listen as far as privilege in accordance with skin tone has already pretty much fucking listened. Everybody else has made up their fucking mind about shit. And, Mm -hmm. and I've said it before and hopefully I'll say this for the last time, the phrasing of privilege to a, a, a linear thinking mind who has grown up rough and not really received privileges. Say they grew up in a, in a rural area that was entirely white. Mm hmm. Okay, how how can you expect that person to sit and be told that they're they're privileged privileged, because of the color of their fucking skin? They're just not going to goddamn get it. They're just fucking not going to get it. Yeah. And and if you were to phrase it some other way. Then it sounds disparaging towards people of color and black folks. Mm -hmm. If you were to say like like melanistic disparity first of all melanistic disparity is it's too 
too many syllables for the average motherfucker that needs to know what that means to know. Yeah. But it also is going to fucking trigger people. What do you mean? Melanistic disparity. What's <laughs> like, it's, define it's that term the, talking big. Yeah. It's not, it's not the disparity. It's not our fault that we've been subject. I get it. I motherfucking yeah. get it. I'm here to tell you though, that the other side, Ain't trying to hear shit you got to say because mm-hmm. you sitting here trying to tell them that they privileged. And yep. that's at a root, that's at the root of a whole lot of this fucking anger. Is yep. is honkies that and I say honkies with love too, but honkies that don't have and we talked about it on previous episodes, don't have anything to be proud of. Everything yep. that they have to be proud of mainstream society has a way of shitting on it. Yeah. They just do every fucking thing. Um, think about any name. One thing that is both redneck and fucking like just sly and dope is all get out. Name one, one fucking one fucking thing. That's that's redneck, redneck and like yeah. sleek and, and like, Hell yeah! At least them motherfuckers got that shit. Cause you I don't can, know look, guns, man. Think, well, but shooting guns is fun as th- a redneck. Th- think about like if if you was to say black folks, yeah. you can rattle off numerous things that are associated with the black community that make the black community fucking dope. Yeah. What about again? What about low ses whites? Um, they're handy. Yeah, that's uh, they can they're ready to fight. They're yeah, they're ready to fight for what they have. They're handy. Yeah, they they some ferocious motherfuckers. Just like and just like you know some some black uh, uh, parts of black culture, like they're viciously tied to to family. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, like, cl- clannishly, clannishly tied to family. Yeah, and and that's you know. There's a what are those two warring families in this area? Hatfields and McCoys, Hatfields and McCoys in West Virginia. Yeah. Okay. You that don't hear any way. of that shit in, 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 in the black community. You know, like that is some gangster low SES white well, people shit. Well, and, and there's something else that we, we have to acknowledge that I find fascinating that people really haven't touched on is that, um, you know, Living in Kentucky, Kentucky's been called either the southernmost northern state or the northernmost southern state. But really, if you look at Appalachia and look at that entire region, demographically, uh, sociopolitically, we are not the South. Mm -hmm. You know, Kentucky has more in common with West Virginia. To be honest with you, like southern Tennessee, yeah. Kinda, kinda the South, kinda, kinda, yeah. but still Tennessee doesn't have that antebellum kind of shit associated with it. So you have Appalachia, Appalachia, America, and then you have the South. And I think that we need to draw a distinction between those two things as well, because they are very socio politically different entities. Like, People from Appalachia are descended from very different individuals than than folks from the antebellum South. They just fundamentally were. Um, You had a lot of people fighting on the Union side all all through Appalachia. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that there wasn't uh, 
Confederate soldiers that came from Appalachia as well, but a lot of Union soldiers. And and again, like the existence of of the Melungeons, that my you know racial ethnic group existed and proliferated um, all through Virginia, West Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee. Um, Melungeons were a well-known thing. We have since been overwhelmingly kind of absorbed by either black or white communities, but Appalachia is its own thing. And when I talk about giving white people who, um, people in general, I won't even say white, but giving people in general something that is reflective of their personal experience in the zeitgeist that makes them feel seen and makes them feel valued as an individual and nothing in the fucking zeitgeist lauds shows any modicum of appreciation for these people. And it's totally okay. And again, the antebellum South, it's, it's a different creature. Yeah, we yeah. get to we get to make fun of rural low SES whites all day long, all the time. Toothless cousin, fucking whatever. But the reality is, these are there's some exceptional fucking hillbilly mountain folks. And let me right tell there. you this too. Let me tell you this too, Chris. This is also why some it's those people that are talking about going to war or rising up or doing wild shit if Trump loses because no other president has given a fuck about those people or acted like Like, it. Yeah. Or or acted like it. He doesn't give a fuck about them, but there has been no other person that has even acted like they gave a fuck about that. Like, and and the funny thing is that this president has more money than most of the other presidents anyway. Do you know what I'm saying? He has a, and so it's, it's like this weird phenomenon that this person who is a multi-billionaire would even, spend the energy acting like he gave a shit about those people down there. And he, and he did that like flawlessly. Well, well he just appealed to the shit that they hated, you know? Well, he, he did what they asked. He, he did, did exactly. He, what he asked. He, he, they, they let's hire, let's hire a businessman. Let's hire somebody. that's not a politician and let's let him run the country like a business as yep. though the country wasn't already run like a business. Yeah. It already just like a business. Won. The 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 inefficient people who don't really matter will continue to get pushed to the bottom, and that's exactly what happened to them. They just don't want to admit it. Absolutely. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah, Absolutely, okay. and and that's and again with with a business, say he's the fucking the CEO or the plant manager or whatever. It's not his job in any way, shape, form, or fashion to go around and nitpick and scrutinize individual um, areas of the factory, like the shipping and receiving department or, you know, HR. It's not his job to fucking do that. Really, his job is to, is to, to represent solidarity and this, this one singular entity who represents Okay, the the authority that's associated with my loyalty to this particular organization and this company, and he is, and he is masterful at it. I mean, he's oh, yeah. again, he he's been manipulating and, and doing shit like this for fucking ever. Yep. So he's masterful at getting that done to to make them 
I, I want you to feel valued. I, mm-hmm. I, first of all, I want you to feel fucking valued. And you make the you make people that have historically been disenfranchised, and 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 totally, and it's been totally politically correct to do it too. Mm-hmm. It's been to- all these people that's so upset about pronouns and shit like that. They ain't got no motherfucking problem being prejudicial as shit mm-hmm. about Appalachian Americans, regardless of skin color. Because again, yeah. it, it, through Appalachia, there's a lot of wild shit that people don't even fucking realize. Mm-hmm. But to the point that here we are using the term redneck, knowing that it's derogatory to them. You know what I mean? Well, but but at the same time, uh, some people might consider it derogatory, and then other people are like, "Well, hell yeah, I'm a I'm a proud redneck," and it's a, it's the same with the term nigga. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah, it is. There 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 are folks that take it, and and there's enormous diversity in how that shit settles and sits within a particular fucking community. But I would say overwhelmingly, um, you know, it, it does depend on whose mouth it's coming out of. If you have a a person of color calling a white person, a redneck and hostile tone, I think that is going to facilitate the similar emotions to Mm -hmm. any number of fucking, uh, racial epithets. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Man, we can we can go on with this forever, but I wanted to keep seven hour. You know the drill. Let's get out some some shameless shout outs, man. Well, I got to give a shameless shout out to Tyler Young at Grade Eight Performance. By the way, didn't you guys lift a what was it eight hundred pound safe for raw power? Oh, baby, is that your it record? Was, it was eight hundred and forty six pounds. It is the biggest safe, and it may or may not have. Did you do a dollar a pound, motherfucker? <laughs> Hey, no, it it was a lot less than that, but we won't tell y'all if y'all need to <laughs> move, you just holler at us, but I guarantee you nobody's going to move heavier, more dangerous stuff for you more effectively for a lower price than what, what we That's do. Awesome. But where did you have to take it? Um, it? It was upstairs and we had to take it down some concrete fucking stairs. And it Ooh. let me tell you, Tyler and I were on the bottom holding on to it. Mm-hmm. And Nick was trying to hold it on the steel dolly as uh-huh. we're bringing it down. And man, there's just nowhere to grip it. So at a certain point, 846 pounds on a dolly was just had me and Tyler corralled uh. on the fucking stairs. So we're holding it. Then me and Nick switched out because Nick weighs over 300 pounds and he's yeah. a big old tree trunk of a man. And what we ended up having to do is them to stabilize it. And then I, we had to do a little miniature deadlift yeah. down each step as we went, like lift up a little, set it down, lift up a little, set it down. Yeah. And, and it was a motherfucker, but you know, your raw power moving service and grade eight performance, uh, more and more all the time, it's becoming one entity. We've ex- expanded quite a bit. Um, we now at grade eight performance, we've, uh, picked up, uh, Mr. Clint Bushong, and I won't go down the list that of his training or something. Huh? Is that defense training? I, th- I thought I yes. saw some dude with a gun. Yeah. Y'all are going to start is. fucking paying for your advertisements. Just so you know. <laughs> well, but we're, we're going to, but the thing is, is that dude, people, 
we we got as much business as we know what to do with yeah, right now. Yeah, that makes me happy. W- without expanding, you know, like yeah, that makes me real happy. Yeah, we and and we're it's not like we're trying to outgrow ourselves, but you know, we we have more business than we know what to do with. We've got moves every day of the fucking week, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but we've expanded with grade eight performance. We're doing the whole goal has always been building better humans and that's not limited to the notion of physical strength or, yeah. um, you know, powerlifting, strongman, uh, bodybuilding, uh, yeah. what calisthenics, whatever that may be, but yeah. that's part of the equation, but it's not limited to that. So we've expanded into Clint is going to be, and you know, there'll be more details to come out, but Clint is going to be, facilitating people when it comes to uh, basic tactical and home defense for the most part. Um, we're going to keep it simple, maybe levels one, two, and three in order to do uh, levels two and three, you will have had to done the prerequisites before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and very reasonable pricing. Clint is an exceptional teacher. He's very patient and there is hardly a, uh, a batter mofo with a handgun on the motherfucking planet. I mean, I don't know one. He is exceptional. I mean, the things this man is capable of doing and then articulating to you. Fantastic. So we want to welcome him to the family. Uh, My little piddly ass. I've branched out. I've had a lot of people reaching out to me, you know, about foraging, asking me about they always ask me about mushrooms they ask me about like indigenous species things that you can harvest year round um without issues so i'm i'm gonna be uh fielding more like the wilderness survivalist shit uh my my span of of knowledge is predominantly fucking appalachia but for this region i pretty much you know as far as edible plants and fungi and viable sources of it, of uh of protein animal protein whatever it may be i can point you in the right direction i can take you out in the field you know us figure some shit out and again we're not our business model is not centered around you depending on us forever the mm-hmm. ideal is for us to work ourselves out of business as it pertains to you as the individual we want to give you the skill set so that you can take the ball and run with it. Yeah. That, yeah. that being said, I will say one more thing. If you own a firearm for self-defense and you don't actively go out and practice marksmanship, run scenarios, run drills, um, you suck. Yeah. You, <laughs> you are people think that they're in in like a fist fight. Like it's the same thing. People think they're going to be way more effective in a fight than they really motherfucking are. And let me tell you, I've grown up around guns, but I am humbled every single time I go out and run, you know, any kind of meaningful shit. Tyler and I went out, ran some drills, sighted some stuff in, And all that does is tell us how much more we need to do. And let me tell you, if some gun-toting motherfuckers like us are like, golly, we suck. Yeah. I want y'all to know at home that are listening, that's got your little 38 special or 9 millimeter and the bedside table. Bitch, 
you need to get out and do some work with it. Even if you don't utilize us for your, your assistance with that or mm-hmm. utilize Clint, golly, you are far less effective than you would ever imagine that you are. So yeah, man. Yeah. I, I've, I've had a lot of people reaching out to me about that shit too. And I'm kind of like, y'all, it's kind of too little, too late. You need to, uh, Instead of taking up arms and acting like Billy Badass, I think you need to do some self-reflection and work on your own personal efficacy. So, again, shameless shout-out to Grade 8 Performance. Uh, Shameless shout-out to Raw Power Moving Service. Um, We're we're doing whatever. If you need something, if you've got a question, concern, if we don't have the ability, we probably know somebody and we can point you in the right direction. Because there ain't no hater in us. That's what's up. Uh, I do want to give a, uh, a shout out to uh, to someone I knew that had recently passed away. His name is Cody Eubanks. Uh, yeah, I actually met him at the gym. And I think I actually, no, I met him at a, at a chamber event. But uh, he's a young guy. He's just maybe two, three years older than me. But he, you know, he recently died of uh, cancer. But the dude was, uh, was fucking sharp, man. And he was, uh, you know, he was a financial advisor, but he was he was African American. I really thought that he was going to be the person, you know. After the conversations we had, to really fucking get the the message of just financial solvency and all sorts of stuff, and just practicing good habits and all that kind of stuff. And he was very real the way he talked to people. And so, um, it, when I used to work out at BAC in the early mornings, I would see him at the gym, and we would just have talks about money and and how it affects our community. And uh, like I said, I really hope that he was going to be the person to really uh, carry that torch and, and help a lot of people out. And I know they did touch a lot of lives, but God damn it, it sucks when when good people like that go so soon. Um, so I just want to give a shout out to him and his family, you know, wish all of them the best. Uh, I think we actually had, uh, had talked a little bit maybe last year with Brandon about getting him on uh, for, for an episode. But this, this kind of type of shit, like you can't plan for it, you know, uh, there's no way to. You know, we had our things going on, and so we just couldn't get him on there. But fuck, it would have been, you know, would have been nice to be able to get an episode in there with him. But uh, yeah, rest at rest in peace to him, and uh, wishing him and his family all the all the best. So, uh, uh, outside of that, guys, thank you for your time. Thank you for your attention. I know this was a politically charged episode, and the majority of our episodes here, from probably here until the end of election, will probably have something like that going on. Um, I know we had talked about getting uh, Carlos on. Uh, and we'll try and shoot for that next week if we can. Uh, but one thing that I do want to try and make a point to do is get some of the different candidates on and uh, learn about what they're wanting to do, at least on the local level. If you guys have listened to anything that I've said, I've said that none of the, you know, the real shit that actually matters is right over here. And we need to be doing a lot better to take care of what's going on in our communities. And part of that means voting the right people in. So if I can, I'm going to try and have as many of the different candidates on and we're going to have real ass conversations. It's not going to be some filtered bullshit that you that you see on Facebook or anything like that. We're going to have real convos. And so uh, it's going to be I'm wanted to put it on us to really put those people through the grinder. So be prepared for that kind of stuff to come through. Oh, and and I was going to say, um, uh, Dr. Dai and I are going to be hosting a uh, town hall, virtual town hall discussion Sweet. on housing on um, Thursday evening. Cool which I can get some more details out. We can share it through the Salumas page. I can't remember exactly everything because, okay. you know, I got two jobs and yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of shit going on. But, yeah, yeah, we're hosting a town hall 
and going to address some of the housing concerns that we have here in uh, Warren County directly to the candidates, the ones that showed up or will show up. Good. Glad to hear that that's going on. All right, guys, that's it. Like I said, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Do some wild shit this week. Uh, We're going to release this episode Wednesday or Tuesday. Today's Monday. Yeah, we're going to release this episode Tuesday. So be safe. Take care of yourselves. And we are out. Peace. I was going to say, are you ever going to say it, Chris? (laughs) (laughs) Later, dude. All right, man.